to be live. Oh, that stupid Mustang. Do you hear it? That's the one that I was worried about. And it would fucking come right Are we still recording right now? Yeah. Uh, well, this is our first episode of us having this Mustang be our first intro song. That's our, that's our, our intro it's, song. It's our intro song right there. Fucking, I was worried about that Mustang for like weeks. And I was like, oh my God, that car is going to come rocking, rooming down the street. And it's going to just like ruin the first like. Like we five. made sure this room was soundproof and that we couldn't hear anything, anything at all or echo. But and this that one, one Mustang. Mustang. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is episode one of In the Dead of Night. This is our new podcast. Yeah. Welcome, you lucky lucky guest. Oh. No. No. Oh well, mm. whatever. I mean, right. mm. so it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. All right. So we are gonna be talking mostly about what, Becca? Um. Well, my well, we fav- sh- my favorite things. Well, mostly we should also introduce ourselves so people yeah. know who we are. Shit, sorry. Uh, that's Bryant. I'm Bryant. I'm Becca. And she's Becca. Yeah. All right. And what yeah. are we talking, <laughs> what we're so gonna awkward, be talking about? Um, so basically, we're just going to talk about murder and true crime and paranormal and conspiracy theories and historical crimes, because I think historical crimes are dope. Uh, yeah. Mysterious stuff. Mysterious things. Illuminati. Creepypastas. Oh, I love creepypastas. Spaghetti monster. Spaghetti monster. Yeah. It's creepy shit like that. <laughs> I mean... I'm going to kill all of these animals. It's not working for us today. It's fine. It's fine. I just have two cats and they're dicks. Yeah. So the podcast is about murder, true crime, paranormal, mysteries, conspiracy theories, mysteries, cults, anything and everything to do with the macabre. We're going to try and cover by the way, we are literally in a tiny tent of sheets right now because we're too poor to bu- make our silencing. I actually thought we just wanted to be in a tent and just have a fortnight. <laughs> no. And I was like up for it. I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> no. Telling we, scary stories actually, in the dark. We're actually pretty bad at fortnights. You know that, right? This is true. better kind of mini version that we've done before. Yeah, our fortnights in the past have been weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's our podcast and welcome and thanks for listening, I guess. Um, it's not always going to be this unorganized and weird. It's just episode straight out the gate. We're, we're figuring it out. It'll get better as we go. Uh, sound will get better, hopefully. Oh, it will. A whole lot better. <laughs> we'll, we'll eventually make our way out of our little comforter tent and... We'll we'll do we'll do something better next time, but for now this is this is what we're starting with and thanks for giving us a listen. All right. And on to the next part of our episode oh is my. going to That's a transition. Yeah. <laughs> um We're gonna go talking about our topics. Do you wanna go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Or do you wanna rock, paper, scissor and make it interesting? No. Oh. You're challenging me to rock, paper, scissors. I am scissors. challenging to rock, paper, scissors. You know I am the champion of rock, oh, paper, scissors. Okay, best two out of three? Yeah, I'm going to go for rock. Ready? Yeah. Don't do the hand thing because it's going to be loud. Oh, well, I wanted everybody to know that when we're doing the, the whole thing. <sighs> okay, fine, I guess. Ready? And. <laughs> God, every single <laughs> one was the same one. Okay, ready? 
Oh, God damn it. Can you stop? I, t- I told you I'm the champion here. We're at round four. We've done rock. We've No, we did scissor. We did paper. paper we, we did, did rock. rock. And then we scissor again. again. I hate this. Okay, right, ready? You do rock. I do paper. Oh, that's cheating. You cannot tell me what to do. Okay, we'll do you then. You <laughs> <laughs> went paper again. Fuck. Okay, ready? I can't do this anymore. anymore. Okay, ready? Close your eyes. Okay. Close your eyes. Ready? Oh, damn it. Ha ha, I won. (laughs) (laughs) So I get to go first. Go for it. All right. So if if anyone wants to know, I got paper and he got rock and I won. I just let her win. Yeah, right. If if y'all don't know, uh, we live in San Antonio, Texas, which is actually home of the most haunted hotel. At the Emily Morgan Hotel. I think it started, what, in the 17 or 1800s? I don't know. All I know is that Teddy Roosevelt liked to hang out there. No, that was the Manger Hotel. But basically, we have some haunted shit in our city, and uh, it's fun. And I still haven't experienced any of that, like, stuff people say about that hotel. Like I believe in ghosts so hard. Like, I 100% believe in ghosts. I try to, but I still haven't experienced anything. Well, that's why we're here. I mean, I'm here to, like, unravel everything and figure it out and question it. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. I'll get you one day. Yeah. 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 You, you can You can, You can. can find me a ghost. And I'll find me. you. I'll find you the most haunted place in the world, and I'll put your ass in there and be like, Bryant, you're going to experience something. I'm going to go in and be like, what up, demons? It's your boy, Bryant. <laughs> What's up, demons? It's me, your boy, Bryant. <laughs> okay. Um. So, yes, back to us living in San Antonio. Um... Yeah, we live in San Antonio, Texas, and we have this beautiful center downtown called The Pearl. And my story is about the owner of The Pearl who, you guessed it, got murdered. But he got murdered in a cool way. The story behind it is really cool because it's like... Did he go out on his own terms then? No, he he uh, he wholly did not go on his own terms. No. Like, he, he went out kind of, like, shamefully. But the story behind it is actually pretty cool. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Go for it. Okay. So, in uh, 1884, so way back in the day, we have Otto Kohler. He's a German-born businessman. He came to, of course, San Antonio, 1884, with his wife. Her name was Emma Kohler. So, if you live in San Antonio, you know that we have a hotel called the Hotel Emma. It is named after Emma. So, heads up. That's important. Bookmark it. Bookmark highlight it, it. Highlight it. Cliff note it. I don't know. Do something. <laughs> so um, while in San Antonio, Otto actually became the president of the San Antonio Brewing Company, which was what the Pearl was before it became the Pearl Brewery. So he became the president. He eventually bought Purchased did all that great thing. And then he renamed it to the Pearl Brewing Company. In about 1902, we're not 100% sure. He, uh, he did that purchase. Yeah. It, it's not clear when he purchased it. He was president for some time before he actually did that. So it's sometime in there, right? <laughs> so uh, fast forward a few years. 1910, Otto and Emma were in a really bad car accident because, you know, back then cars were not like the most reliable. They were kind of... But they were fast. They were fast. <laughs> um, they were super fast, but they... And they had no safety function, so when they got into this car accident, Emma 
got really, really hurt. So she ended up being homebound for a while. And in this time, Otto hired somebody who can help take care of her, mm. whose name is also Emma. That's me confusing. Um, she was German. So, of course, they're German. She's German. There's some kind of, like, kismet, I guess, there. Because she can talk she can talk to Emma in German. She can help take care of her. So they hired her for that, right? Okay. So Emma... Two, we're going to call her. 2.0. 2.0. Um, her name is Emma Dumpke. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Dumpke. It's Dump. 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 When I Google translated it, it's Dump. So I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. I'm not German. We're rolling with it. Sorry for everybody else that's German over here and we're pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, we're Mexican. <laughs> we, we don't know how to speak German. <laughs> I've been to Germany. It's beautiful, but I don't know how to pronounce anything in y'all's beautiful language. Sorry. Um, so according to documents, she was petite, brunette, and 20 years old. Emma 1 had some, I guess, she had to run for her money because Emma 2 was hot shit, apparently. Damn, competition over here. <laughs> so she ended up moving into their home full time, and she even accompanied them on a trip to Europe. Which also, why are you taking your wife on a trip to Europe when she's fucking bedridden? Hey, she's bored at home. She's like, I want to go out, sweetie. Yes, take me out somewhere. But I don't get it. Like, you're you're supposed to be at home resting and, like, recuperating and healing. And you're like, no, let's go to Europe. Like, what the f- Hey, it could be back in the times. Like, right now, coronavirus caused the, the flights and everything to be cheap. You know what? Fuck it. I'm young <laughs> no, and I can do whatever back, I want. <laughs> back then, they had to, like, travel by boat everywhere. We didn't get planes yet. Well, I'm saying either way, the, tra- the traveling thing is, like, traveling boats are cheap. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go travel. Yeah, but then you ended up with, like, Titanic. I mean, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> we saved a bunch of money on our on, on this trip. Oh no no no! Yeah, but but like it's pretty sweet for Emma. Like too, she's, she's going on a trip to Europe. That's dope. Get your side chick ready with you and your actual chick. True. Well, yeah. So essentially, Otto ended up having an affair with Emma too, and uh, I, mean, I figured that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They started their affair, but would you guess it? Emma had a friend. Not a boyfriend. Emma 2.0? Or Emma, Emma 2.0 had a friend. Okay. Guess what her name was? Otto. No. <laughs> no. Guess. Uh, Emma? Yes. What the hell is we're this have, going on? We're three Emmas in right now. So. What is he? This guy's like cloning a bunch of Emmas right now for I him? I don't know, but it is so funny that like when I was researching it, I was like, okay, we have Emma 1, Emma 2. Okay, he has an issue. Like Emma 3... Like I, maybe let, it's smart let me because guess also his mom is called Emma too, I and his know. sister I is called. I tried so hard Emma. to look at his family lineage to see if I can find out their names because I was like, if he has like a thing, he has a huge edible complex. Like, I, it's ridiculous, hmm. right? But Emma three, <laughs> her name was Emma Heda Bergmeister. Oh, I almost butchered pretty bad. Ber- Bergmeister, Bergmeister, B E R G E. M-I-S-T-A-R. I have no clue. Bergmister. We're going to go with that. We're just going to we call are... her Emma 3. We're sorry. She's important. Keep Emma 3 in mind. 3.0, got Yes. It. Emma 3 is very important to the story. So she's in her 30s. So she's a little older than Emma 2, but she's tall. She's blonde. She's beautiful. She's the whole package. She also took an affair with Otto. Jesus. Man. But Which is also kind of smart on his end because, like, if he's... Dang, Otto. ...ever in, like, the heat of things and he's like, what up, Emma? 
he can't get their names wrong. Like, he has no room for error. Man, this guy, like, <laughs> he made sure he could not mess up Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, he cheated in the smart way, which is, like, never condonable, but in a smart way. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, she's 30, tall, blonde, beautiful, right? He liked Emma 2 and Emma 3 so much that he actually bought them a house and put the deeds in their name. Dang. A lot like, of trust there. Yeah, that's a lot of trust. Like, And also because houses are expensive. I, they're not as expensive as they are now, but back then, you had to have been making a name for yourself to have a house. Mm. It's like the 1910s, 1912s. <laughs> it's right before the Great Depression and, you know, the roaring 20s. So he wasn't, like, rolling in dough. He was just kind of, like, an average businessman, you know? Yeah. Mm, cool. <laughs> I'm just letting you roll with this right now. I'm waiting for Emma 4.0 now at this point. <laughs> no, we're capped at three Emmas. Okay. We're capped at three Emmas. I will say that now. Um, so, yeah, he bought them the house, put the deeds in their name, and he also gave them a monthly stipend. So, for Emma 2, he gave her $125 a month, which Dang, back then was – It was a lot of money. Like, even today, it's kind of a lot of money. So, he gave Emma 2 $125. And Emma, three fifty dollars a month. Ooh, whoa, favorites right here. Yeah, so obviously, he kind of likes Emma two more. It's a little bit more money, but whatever. This is all happening while Emma one is still healing, right? So she's still on the mend. She's still trying to get her shit together. Good news, she does. It's great, right? She's back on her feet. She's back on her feet. So, according to reports, and I'm gonna get into the thick of it now. All right, let's go. <laughs> So according to reports, Otto left the brewery around four and went to the girl's home on the south side. He did this like once a week. So it wasn't out of character for him to just like take off from the brewery and like disappear for a few hours and then come back. It was kind of like known. Hmm. It wasn't abnormal. But that day, Otto was actually headed to break off his relationship or friendship with the girls. So both of them. Both one and two? With two and three. Two and three. He's married to one. Okay, okay. He's married to Emma one. Mm-hmm. And this is according to his obituary. Oh. I pulled up his obituary and let me tell you, news was a whole different kind of cluster. Like the newspaper that you read around there or like how they reported it? No, how they reported it. It sounded like a gossip column. Oh, nice. It wasn't even like... Damn, high school kids over here. No, it was like legit adults writing... I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> I'll get to it in a second. Um, so, okay. According to his obituary, he went to go break off this relationship, right? So he wanted to keep things going with... Oh, actually. He was only like, going to go break it off with them at three. Sorry. Only three? Only three. Dang. So, make it the cut. She didn't get the rose. I mean, she did get $50 a month. Well, compared to the 100 and, was it 125? 125. Like, yeah. that's such a steep jump. Isn't that? Hey. It's a whole $75 more. So, yeah. So, he wanted to break, he wanted to keep things going with Emma 2, but wanted to break things off with Emma 3. When he did that, Emma 3 com- uh, was attempting suicide. <laughs> she was threatening suicide. Damn. So, um, that's why Otto was headed there. <laughs> um, just to, and this is from, this is literally from the article. To dissuade her from taking her life. Dissuade. Mm. That's a fancy ass word from convincing. The rest is as the obituary reads off. And I quote, um, as he entered the room, he is said to have found her hacking, not just like slitting or cutting, hacking at her left wrist with a steel case knife. Not even an axe or anything for the no. hacking. She's literally going with the knife. Going full hack. Just yeah. Damn, she's had some strong arms there to go through that bone. Right? 
it. So she's hacking at her left wrist with a staircase knife. And I looked it up. It looks like it's just like a regular knife. I like asked a, my... Like a, like a dinner kitchen? Like, yeah, like just like a regular knife. But I don't know if it's like a fancy knife made out of steel. I asked my dad and he's like, it's a knife. And then I Googled it and it was a knife. I don't know if knives were made heavier back then. She's going for it. Jesus. She, yeah, she was going for it. Da -da -da. Okay. He was said to have abraded her in German, gotten mad at her, I guess. So he was yelling at her in German. He was telling her she was foolish and she obviously took offense to that. They ended up getting into a quarrel, as the obituary said. What's a quarrel? So they ended up fighting, <laughs> like oh. physically fighting each other. Jeez. I mean, she has a knife and he's like, has nothing, so. Yeah, it gets it gets better. Oh, God. Yeah. As they were fighting, Otto ended up taking the knife away and they continued to struggle. He did not know, but she was armed and so was he. Oh, she still had her arm? No. No. <laughs> she was armed like she had a gun. Oh, dang. Yeah. And he also had a gun for safety reasons. Oh, I mean. I mean. At the, at the time, it's like it's fine. The 19, yeah. early 1900s. I mean, I don't necessarily know how safe it was, but also don't know how unsafe it was. But he had a gun on him and he, she also had a gun on her. So, yeah, they were both armed and apparently she asserted herself as he drew his automatic. So he had an automatic gun. Ooh, he had money. And he took it out. Basically took it out to frighten her. She got scared, and she had her gun. Mm. So she, they both drew, but she like got aggressive. She's like, "Haha, motherfucker, I got mine too." Basically, but she got scared when he pulled it out on her. When he pulled out his automatic, and she ended up shooting him with her thirty-two millimeter revolver. Oof. Fun fact: I, <laughs> I learned revolvers don't have safeties. <laughs> oh, oh, you know I, that from actual personal experience. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> I pulled the revolver on an insurance guy. <laughs> yeah. In my defense, I thought he was breaking into my room. He just got out of his truck and put a ladder up at the house and then started climbing said ladder. And I was home alone. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> just let him break into the house? Just do what, what uh, Home Alone did. Just I mean, put up traps and In my defense, else. we do live in Texas. I mean, I wasn't really going to shoot him. I was just going to scare him. I mean, but you didn't know there was a safety. I didn't know that didn't have a safety. That was scary. Yeah. Was your finger on the trigger? No. Oh, okay. So you're fine. Yeah. My, like, my dad has always taught me, don't put your finger on the trigger unless you're going to do something. I didn't. But I opened the door and I scared him. Oh, you scared the fuck out of him. Yeah. He probably just like slid down he that ladder. He called immediately and was like, I just got a gun pulled on me. And my dad got the call like halfway over here. Because of course I called the police. And yeah. halfway over here, my dad got a call from the insurance company. <laughs> and they were like, um, <laughs> one of our guys had a gun pulled on him. And my dad was like, yeah, that was my daughter. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble for that. And that's his fault. I mean. It was in a safe space. I knew where it was, and I knew how to take care of myself. Okay, but moving. Scarred him for the rest of his life. I think I did, and I'm very sorry. Guy, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. She is very sorry, but you came without warning. Yeah, no, they didn't give us any warning, and I was like, that's not smart. And that's also not safe for your guys, but whatever. Okay, so she shot him with a 32 millimeter revolver. Um, his automatic gun was found on the floor at his side with her revolver. So after, I guess, she shot him, she dropped her gun and dropped his gun. He fell to the floor. She was the only living witness. Fun fact. Apparently, Emma, too, was there. In the room? Not in the room, but in the house. Oh, so she heard the guns or the fighting. Yeah. Emma, too, was there. She was visiting, and she was charged as well. So they were both charged with murder. But I later learned that through all this, 
Emma, too, was married. She ended up getting married. With Otto? No, with another man. So she wasn't living at the house. She was living at a different home. And she had come to see Emma 3 that day because Emma 3 told her, like, he's going to break things off. I'm going to kill myself. That's how Otto learned that Emma 3 was going to hurt herself Three, because Emma, Emma 2 told him. Gotcha. It was like a whole weird kind of like spiral of information. Obituary in the articles that I read from like back in, it was very gossipy. So that's how I kind of pieced it together. Emma 2 told Emma 3... That she was, or Emma 3 told Emma 2 that she was going to kill herself, and then Otto found out. And it was, like, really weird. Yeah, it's, it was weird. Emma 2 and Emma 3 were charged. It, from what Emma 2 told police, it sounded like she had got there, heard the shots, and found him dead. So, he died. Fun fact. Dang, Otto. <laughs> yeah. She did you dirty. Yeah, but he's he's a fucking dick. I Which, mean, you mean he had an affair with, with Emma 2 and Emma 3 when he was married Emma 1. I know. It was dumb. So between 1910 and 1914, Emma 2 got married. So told you that, right? Yeah. But, oh, sorry. I put her new last name in here. It's not any better than her first. Oh, let's see. <laughs> let's see you butcher this one. Emma Dustchief. Dustchief? D-A-S-C-H-I-E-F. Nope. Dustchief. That's the best pronunciation I can get. Basically, they were both held um, without bond, and then Emma 2 was released. Emma 3... Weirdly enough, was sent out to help in World War One. Wait, what happened to her arm, though? Was her arm, like... I think she was just, like, attempting to, like, hurt herself, but she never actually did anything. Oh, so she was just there just to, like, if you do anything or tell me you're No, she off, was like... actively hacking oh, at she... her arm, but I don't think she did anything to cause damage. Okay. Yeah, but they, but they didn't take her to the hospital. They took her straight to the police station. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. You're just bleeding right <laughs> yeah. there. Nah, oh, you're hacking out your arm with a steel case knife? You're fine. You're, you're fine. good. You you're killed good. the guy that was attacking you, right? Right? No. But okay, so it kind of like she got off easy because she ended up going and helping as a nurse during World War One because 1914 was actually when World War One started. Mm. This was like in November of 1914. So she ended up killing him at like the most opportune time she was sent off to world war one to help as a nurse right i honestly don't know how she swung that i don't know if like a judge was like we'll try you when you get home the country needs you or whatever i don't the judge was like you know what you have experience cutting your arm off and getting from that. we're sending you to war, <laughs> sending you to war doll um <laughs> So yeah, so in 1918, when the war ended, she actually came back to San Antonio and stood trial. So she came back and was like, okay, I'll do this. She claimed that she had to kill him in self-defense and to protect Emma II's honor. I don't know what that means. So I don't know if Otto did something and Emma three knew and Emma two just didn't talk about it. She just had plenty of time to develop this like elaborate story. Oh, it gets better. Oh God. <laughs> so um, she was also dressed in super badass clothing the entire trial she was wearing what they say a dress of dark material so i'm guessing it was black in my mind this in is texas was, this smart is choice right in the middle of texas um so she was wearing black in my head a dark material a fur hat and muff which i looked up a muff for you it's a muff it's one of those things that go around your neck like you know how people have like fur hats and they have like the first scarves but it's not a full scarf oh okay yeah so she had a fur hat and a fur muff and her face was covered by a veil. The heck? <laughs> like she was mourning Otto. Dang. <laughs> like she was at a funeral. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that worked in her favor with the jurors, you know. But she was tried by an all-male jury. 
and was acquitted. She was not sentenced to any time in jail for the actual did murder. Did she have a, uh, a lawyer with her? or did I'm she... assuming so, huh. but... That's a very weird trial. Yeah. So, this is my favorite part. <laughs> she... <laughs> She then ran off to New Orleans with one of the jurors. What the? <laughs> what? <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so she ended up running off with one of the guys that were in the jury. So she had they an, were, inside, an no, insider. I don't know if it was, but she it was an all-male jury. And from what they were saying, how she was dressed, she was dressed like provocatively. But yeah, after that, there's literally no record of her. I went to like New Orleans cemeteries. I like their websites. I tried to find her, could not find her. It was it's impossible. <laughs> I can't Change find her name her. and everything else. Probably. I'm I'm assuming so, but yeah, yeah. She just ran off to New Orleans with a new dude and was like, "Bye, San Antonio." So what happened to Emma One and Emma Two? Mm-hmm. Oh, here okay. we go. So Emma Two ended up living out her life normally with like, that new with her husband and yeah. everything. I don't think he necessarily like knew her involvement with Otto. I think at the time he just was like, oh, he's, she, he used to be your employer. Yeah. But apparently she lived a badass life. She had some kids. I don't know. I, I mean. She, she got the, the best part of it right now. Yeah, she, she she's away. got she, the sweet end of the yeah. deal, basically. So after Otto's death, he was buried and all that jazz. Uh, Emma One took over the business. Good for her. Yeah. So she actually, oh, she's so fucking awesome. Like when I was reading it, I had like so much like girl power in my brain like, i was like yeah go emma um she kept the brewery going through prohibition dang yeah so she was ceo until 1933 she handed it off to a nephew if i believe but during that time that she was in charge she completely changed production so they didn't do any kind of like beer anymore they ended up doing dry cleaning auto repair making near beer which was like an alcoholic beer Hmm. Yeah, ice cream and soda pop, and this is all while like other breweries in like the country were like collapsing and not being able to stay open because they didn't think to change their production. You know? Yeah. So like She's everybody smart. was going down, and she was like, "Not today." Yeah. So she she kept it going, and she was in the day to day. She didn't like let anybody else take charge until she decided to like let go. Apparently, the day prohibition was lifted. They drove out with cases of pearl beer and celebrated in the street, which I thought was pretty cool. Dang. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because, like, Lone Star is also in San Antonio, and <laughs> I don't know if they were at, open at the same time. Who knows, actually. But, I don't know about that. Yeah. But it was really cool to think, like, in 19... Yeah. I think it was 1921. Um, yeah. So she kept it going, and um, yeah, people celebrated. Um, she passed away in 1943, but was a formidable presence at the brewery until she actually ended up dying. So she was there even after, like, she retired, Just, you know, making sure shit went well. She's got history. She's got, she's leading. She's like, better not be fucking it up for me. Yeah. So she was basically a badass, and she didn't even need auto. He was just a formality. Dang. <laughs> they never had kids then, huh? Uh, from what I can read now, they didn't have any kids. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which is kind of sad, because, like, I feel like her offspring would have been amazing not Otto's offspring her offspring <laughs> um so yeah now um we have hotel emma at the pearl which is like i mentioned earlier our little like hangout spot downtown where all the hipsters all the farmers markets happen every yeah, sunday exactly um so hotel emma was named after her um but for other emmas 
at the hotel bar, there is a drink called the Three Emmas. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so their marketing rep, Beth Smith, said to our San Antonio Express News when they were opening, um, one is great and three will kill you. Oh, my god! <laughs> How amazing is that? That's so bad. That's awesome. So, yeah, they're memorialized in a three-drink cocktail. I'm bar. actually going to go now and ask for the three. I Just want to. <laughs> I think after we post this, we should go, we should go down there and that's celebrate. That's funny. But yeah, so that's the murder of Autocooler and the story of the three Emmas. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Dang. Now I'm going to go need to get myself that drink. I wonder if they actually have anything made that's like under Otto's name. Um... <laughs> He doesn't deserve it. Well, I'm just curious he like, was a for the history. Lying, cheating bastard. He didn't deserve this is anything. This true. Yeah. But, like, I feel like they got the sweet end of the deal because they both, all three of them ended up, like, living their lives and dissing the fuck out. <laughs> and <laughs> oh. he died. But also, like, how do you have three people? The same name. I can't even get one. And he got three. And it's also weird how he found this, like, was, he, was he going like, okay, what's your name? Oh, no, next. And then just like, oh, Emma? Okay, let's see really quick. Credentials. Maureen? Credentials, credentials. No. Gertrude? No. I don't know what the names in the 1900s were, but yeah, no. He Helga. Just, Helga. <laughs> Helga Pataki? Yeah, no. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that, uh, I don't know. He's fucking the worst. Jeez. Well, your story sounds more exciting. Mine just gets like, kind of like sad. Oh. Change the tone a little bit here. <laughs> Should I have gone second? Well, it's fine. It's it's fine, it's fine. So my story is a urban legend here in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, the title's called The Hospital Angel of Death. The Angel of Death. So it kind of just gets like scary there. Mm-hmm. But so the legend goes, in San Antonio, Texas, a hospital experienced a strange string of deaths. The patients were dying in orders of room numbers. The first patient in room 201 passed away, then room 202, 203, 204. Really weird. So the in doc- order? Yeah, in order. So they were going. <laughs> yeah, room two, room, room two hundred four. Um, he's dead. Um, am I next? <laughs> yeah. That is terrifying. That is scary. So then the doctors and nurses were very suspicious of it, and notably though, when the patients began also talking about that they saw a nurse in an old old style like uniform. Wait, so where are we? What year are we? Oh, so this is, well, this is the legend, right? So this is probably like, I think like 1980. So we're not in like the old timey days. No, 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 no. This okay, because like, 19- like I was in like the beginning of the 1900s. I don't know. This is like, ni- this is like 1980s. So people were saying they saw the old style uniform where you would, you know, like you usually mm-hmm. see in war movies, like that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff they saw. That's fucking terrifying. So that's, so that's what they said they saw. So then mm-hmm. the, they started watching the security tapes and in the security tapes, they were, they were baffled because you would see them talking to, to you know, like someone that was there, but there literally was nobody there at all. So it was really weird. But the deaths did stop after the room that was next to like the sequence, like 204, then 205 was empty. The deaths just stopped after that. So it was really weird. And ever since then, there's never been an incident like that since. They should have spaced everybody out like 201, 203, Social distance right now. Let's social go. distance in the room. <laughs> See, we're getting it right. We're social distancing perfectly. Yeah, right? They fucked up. 
<laughs> so that was the that was the, the legend. But yeah. so the legend though is actually based off of like a real life event that happened, and it really did happen in San Antonio. So let me just set the scene. Oh, really we're quick. both doing San Antonio stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll start with San Antonio, and then from there, Hanted Hard Hometown. <laughs> well, it's a lot of haunted and creepy things that happen here. Yeah. So this one's a little bit more weird and sad, and just like what the hell, kind of like. Oh, we're gonna have to have a good pick me up after. Probably. Okay. All right. I'll so figure that out. this is in August of 1982 in Kerrville, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's a quite small town in a small community they have just about an hour out of San Antonio, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was mainly a retirement community. We have a doctor, Kathleen Holland. She decided to open a pediatric clinic in Kerrville, Texas. Mm-hmm. So on her first day of practice, we had Reed and Patty McKellen. Uh, brought in their 15-year-old daughter, Chelsea Ann McKellen, and they wanted to bring her in because she was breathing very funny. Mm. How Uh, old was she? uh, 15 months. She's a baby baby. Yeah, 15 months. But she's had done so again previously two months ago, so she's been having this, like, Mm -hmm. happen. So it wasn't, like, something brand new. This is, like, an ongoing breathing issue she's had. Yeah, and the thing is also in in Kerrville, Texas, when I was reading, there was only one other pediatric office nearby in Kerrville, Texas, since it's a small town and mostly it's all older people. There's not really young families starting out with their kids, so this is only two places that they had, so. Oh, she's a baby baby. Yeah. So the first day, though, they brought her in. Mm-hmm. So as the doctor's checking on her and doing the evaluations and everything else, as soon as she finishes doing her evaluation on Chelsea, Chelsea stopped breathing and had to be rushed to the to the hospital. Wait, so where were the parents in this situation? There were so okay, so the room, were they like in a waiting room? Yes, so they're in a room. Well, not in a waiting room. They're in the actual like the office room where they they have to like you know little benches and everything for you to sit in for the uh-huh. patients, right? So they have Dr. Holland actually talking to the parents there, and while Dr. Holland's talking to her parents, to Chelsea's parents, she had her her nurse there actually taking care of the examining oh, everything else, right? Okay. And then as they finished the, the evaluation, Chelsea stopped breathing, which then caused everybody to, to be concerned like panic. and panic and everything else. Fuck. They rushed her to the closest hospital, which was the Peterson Memorial. And in the emergency room, doctors were able to revive Chelsea. Okay. Which was good. Oh, thank God. But the odd thing was that the test could not reveal what caused the incident, which is really weird after just going for a checkup to see and everything else. Yeah, like why did this healthy 15-month-year-old go from breathing, having a little bit of a breathing issue, to stop altogether and then fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So then Mm-mm. following that, a month later, Chelsea came back to visit Dr. Holland's office again. Mm-hmm. It was for a routine vaccine. Honestly, fuck that. I would have not brought my kid back. I mean, like, you know what? Last time she stopped breathing. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah, it's about a far drive for the next. That's uh, true. So you take your chances. And it's like, hey, let's let's go the second time. You're right. You're Check right. it out. Well, so then we have the routine vaccination, right? Mm-hmm. So after being given the shot, Chelsea stopped breathing again. Oh, God. So then she turned blue. Oh, no. And had to hadn't had a seizure. Fuck. Once again, they had to rush her to the hospital again. The same hospital. <sighs> Where she was a she was stabilized again. Okay. Really weird stuff. I have a bad feeling. 
Yeah. So then, <laughs> well, just a lot of crazy stuff is happening there already. Just the first day, this office is open and things just start hitting the fan and just like, yeah. what the hell? Fuck. Okay. So then later that day, she was taken in the ambulance to San Antonio to be evaluated by specialists. And Dr. Holland decided to follow her behind the ambulance just to make sure she's good because she's the pediatrics and she's taking care yeah, of Yeah, she's her doctor. Yeah, okay. making sure she's good and as she's get there. and She sounds like decent. Along the way, though, Chelsea went to cardiac arrest. Fuck, no. Yeah, <laughs> just Baby. things are not working out here at all. So then the ambulance pulled over to the road and Dr. Holland rushed out to assist for resuscitation. Mm-hmm. And she rushed out of her car, started to do CPR, and asked them where the closest facility was. And the closest facility was Comfort, Texas. Okay. Because it's in between from driving from, yeah, from Kerrville, Kerrville to, to San Antonio. So they pulled over. They went to the closest facility inside Comfort. Was it like a hospital or like a clinic? I think from what I saw, I think it was just a clinic they went through. Oh, no. Okay. So then from there, unfortunately, Chelsea did not respond to all the efforts that were to bring her back. <laughs> and after 20 minutes or more in the hospital and all the efforts en route, she was pronounced dead. Fuck. Yeah. She's a baby. Yeah, 15, 15 months. Okay. So then the autopsy concluded that Chelsea died of cardiac arrest attributed to sudden infant death syndrome, also known SIDS. as SIDS. Yeah. Oh, no. That usually occurs in children under one year of age. And she was, and she was 15 months. She was 15 months. So, so it's a very odd thing That doesn't to make see. sense. Yeah. But the thing what I found out, though, is that Chelsea had been premature. Okay. And had some breathing problems at birth, but by all the medical accounts, she had outgrown that problem. So it was odd for a 15-year-old to be to die of SIDS. 15-month-old? Yeah, 15 months. 15. <laughs> I was like, wow, she grew up a lot. 15-month-old. <laughs> a 15-year-old dying 15, from SIDS? 15 wow. 15-month-old baby. I got you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you don't really see that. That's, mm-hmm. So it's really weird. So over the next several weeks, Dr. Holland had more emergencies. It's okay, just, so obviously this doctor doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Yeah, it just looks really bad for her at this point. Yeah, because like, you're a pediatric doctor... You're a podiatrist? Ped- uh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, your patients are not... I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's not looking uh, good, and it just yeah. looks bad in, in her practice. Yeah. All these emergencies started happening, more emergencies for her. So a five-month-old girl began choking and was a, was unable to breathe. She also had to be taken to the hospital. So all these babies had to go to the hospital. And it's the same hospital that they would buy because it's the only one close by. Mm-hmm. And a few days later, yet another child had a seizure with required emergency treatment. So it's like every time you bring in your, your child and it's just it's always ends up with they stop breathing, they have a seizure and they have to be rushed to the hospital. I bet those parents are pissed. Hospital bills are expensive. No. Well, yeah. And it's really crazy. Also, their children are in like peril. There's that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. So, yeah. So that's the weird thing. So then also even some of them were life-threatening and the ambulance were coming more than on a weekly basis. Mm, okay. At that point, I would have been like, okay, if, like if I was an EMT in the like ambulance, I've been like, okay, we're coming to this one location once a week, if not more, something's not right. Yeah. I would have reported her to the board. Yeah, no. So then the other doctors who were watching just all this crazy stuff happen just started getting very suspicious and started asking questions. Yeah, I would too. 
<laughs> and those suspicions led medical investigators to like reopen the the inquiry into Chelsea, her death room, to <sighs> see baby. Yeah, so I'm not the, over her death. I'm sorry. No, and it's and and it's really sad, like what happened to her going on to the investigation. <laughs> so administrators at Peterson Memorial Hospital asked Dr. Holland to attend a, a formal in meeting to discuss the situation that yeah. she's having. So then Dr. Holland was considered a prime suspect. And her practice fell back as a result, obviously, from yeah. all that. So then Dr. Holland re- reviewed each of the cases for the committee that she had. She said all the incidents could be explained by the children's medical histories. So when they I, were all similarly, like, having the same issue? Yeah, but I guess from, from what I read was most of them were like... Well, you can explain this, you explain that because they had this, like the premature stuff, you know, they had these these issues before they came in mm-hmm. to see me. So in a sense, like they're like, OK, like well, it's not my fault. It's, it's not my fault. But I mean, it's it's my responsibility to make sure that I, I at least assist and help them. But mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know. Because it'd be different if it was like, oh, yeah, they were super healthy. There was nothing wrong with them. But as soon as they came to office, they they started going, like, yeah. having seizures. It all went and, to, like, yeah. hyperdrive, and then they so, were dead. Yeah. Or, yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. One of the members of the committee asked Dr. Holland if she used the drug. Let me see if I can make sure I say this correctly. Succinylcholine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you spell it for me? Um, it's S-U-C-C-I-N-Y-L-C-H. O L I N E. Yeah, it's a long one. Succinocholine. Succinocholine. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we'll be saying this a lot. Madison has weird fucking names. It's fine. Well, it's a combination of two. But yeah, anyway. Oh, it's, it's a, com- a combination of two. It's two drugs yeah. combined into one. But in her, so they asked her if she used it in her practice. What it is, though, succinocholine is a powerful muscle relaxant which can cause respiratory failure in large doses. It is so powerful it is sometimes used in lethal injections for execution. No. So. And she was using it on these babies? No, well, they're, they were asking her. So the thing is, because of the odd things that were, the children were acting, like mm-hmm. how they had seizures, they couldn't breathe and stuff like that, one of the people were like, well, what could be a cause? Of what, what typical things, drugs that that people would have in their offices for practice. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them that they would, you know, well, are you doing the right doses? Like if you overdose, this is the, this is what would happen. And that's just, they wanted to know, but Dr. Holland said she had a vial in her office, Mm -hmm. but she has never used it. So, so they, so they asked if, if she trusted also her employees and Dr. Holland said she did trust her employees. Wrong move. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) later that night after office hours, Dr. Holland spoke with her nurse, Janine Jones and Dr. Holland described Janine Jones' behavior that night as suspicious. Oh, okay. So, and there was a silent moment in the conversation, and the next thing that Janine said was, oh, by the way, I found that missing vial of succinylcholine, and Dr. Holland said, what missing vial of succinylcholine? And Janine oh. had told Dr. Holland before that she lost the vial of succinylcholine, and ordered a replacement for it and later found the missing bottle. So now they have two vials. Okay, one, you don't misplace medicine at a doctor's office. This is a nurse, Jackie. You don't lose your shit. Yeah, so that started getting really suspicious. And so Dr. Holland then was very suspicious of the drug the committee asked her if she used. Mm-hmm was apparently missing. was missing and now was replaced and then found again. So now there's two vials of now that. Now we have two vials of that. Okay. Yeah. 
So the next morning, Dr. Holland went into the refrigerator and found the two vials of succinylcholine, and which both appeared to be full. But mm-hmm. in one of the caps, she noticed two tiny needles marks. <sighs> and Dr. Holland immediately turned that vial, turned the two vials in over to the authorities. Oh, fuck. Wait, okay, hold on. Two times. Two times. Two holes. Two visits by Chelsea. Am I wrong? There's two. Well, or did she use it on more children? Well, you well you have multiple children that she's had to go through, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's, it's getting very suspicious, and there's okay. things happening. So, okay. all right. So let Can me continue. so let me explain. So then Janine was under suspicion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a 33 year old licensed vocational nurse, mm-hmm. divorced with two children, and she had come to Kerrville, Texas, after leaving a job in a pediatric intensive care unit in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Janine's past work co-workers would describe her as a rough and ready personality. Very coarse and rough. Oh, no. She's... She you cur- can't be that working with babies. Yeah. The thing also, it, it, she curses like a sailor. I mean, same, but... Talks, and then she also talks about sex a lot. I mean, same. Even though... But you don't talk about that around babies. Yeah. She'd love to just talk about about sex and just... I mean, even though, from what I read, her co-worker said she wasn't that attractive of a woman. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> so how, then, do you, how do I say in text? Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Pobrecita. Pobrecita. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then continue on. Mm-hmm. So the two vials of succinylcholine mm-hmm. were sent to the forensic science and for lab for testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the vials with the two needles holes appeared to be full, the tests indicated that 80% of the vial had been filled with water. <gasps> Fuck. No. <laughs> so she was like taking it and then just like filling your parents' alcohol bottle with water. Pretty much, yeah. With medicine that could overdose an infant. Yeah, it could prevent you from Fuck. breathing and was used for uh, execution. God. Oh, God. I hate her. I hate her so much. <laughs> so then, which means a large dose of it could have caused Chelsea's death. Uh, unfortunately, it was considered to be untraceable. Like ricin? Sorry. Do you know what ricin is? I think so. Have you seen Breaking Bad? <laughs> I've seen like three episodes and then I, I don't know if I'm spoiling it for anybody or for you. Shouldn't say anything. Right okay. Now well, that. basically all we learned from like the second or third like season of Breaking Bad is that rice is untraceable in like uh, low doses or something. Hmm. And it's used to kill people. Damn. Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> Walter is assassin. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so it's untraceable. Makes me uncomfortable. Okay. So then the uh, succinylcholine is a type of drug that, after injected into the body, is rapidly disappeared and is not traceable in its original form. Because succinylcholine is made up of the, what I'm saying, the compounds of it, which is uh, succinic acid and choline, which are natural elements in the human body. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. How can fucking convenient. So it's like it's not looking good for trying to figure out who's at fault here. I mean, you have suspicions, but you have like you can't you still don't have enough information yet. Yeah. So without the hard scientific evidence, all the inv- investigators had were Dr. Holland's suspicions and Janine's denials. 
Of course she'd fucking deny I mean, it. I mean, obviously she's trying not to get in trouble, but like... Yeah. Baby. Yes. Oh, she's a baby. Oh, okay. So then investigators looked into Janine's previous jobs and found just one year earlier, death rates rose dramatically in the pediatric intensive care unit in where she used to work at uh, Bear County Hospital. Oh, shit. So it wasn't like Santa Rosa or like Methodist or Baptist. It was like Bear County Hospital. Well, it actually, that's the name of the hospital at the time, and it changed yeah. to, I think, Methodist or... Oh, okay. It changed to a different name because it... Uh, <gasps> She's working in the PICU? Like, oh. So, so then there was also a doctor she worked with, so his name is Dr. Vincent DeMaio. The, he's the chief medical examiner for the Bear County, and he heard suspicions about Janine from his medical colleagues, and... Dr. DeMaio said is after a, a while, it became common knowledge and became kind of a morbid joke that if you were going to have deaths in the pediatric care unit, it was always on the shift that Janine was working on. So they knew. They they kind of knew or had suspicions of it because it was I'm very sorry. weird. I'm sorry. Every one of those doctors should lose their license. <laughs> like, you, you – maybe it's because I watch too much Grey's Anatomy, but, like – you have an oath to protect and like administer care and you know these infants these babies are dying every time this nurse comes and works how fucking dare you oh i'm so angry i'm sorry no you're good and then so dr demayo then passed the information on to deputy district attorney nick ruthie and deputy ruthie discovered that the death rates dropped as soon as janine left bear county hospital convenient yeah it's so uh, it's it's kind of like things are falling into janine's like side of like well she has a history of things happening here and we're gonna have to unravel all the crazy stuff that she's done before yeah so deputy ruthie said and i quote we could tell that when janine left those peak numbers dropped immediately the month she left the day after she left Things just leveled out and stayed leveled. They were leveled going in and just peaked right there. And then the minute she left, I'd say almost to the minute, I mean the day, to the day, they went back to the normal levels. Oh, how fucking dare they? Yeah. So. Oh, I'm so angry. So now we're going to go through the investigation. Now okay. this is involving the CD CDC. Oh, our friends, the CDC. So our great, great, our friends. hardworking friends of C and CDC. Okay, I will say this right now. I appreciate the CDC so much right now because coronavirus, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, that's all they're working on right now. That's like, all they're working on. And honestly, they're trying to just protect us in the long run. I love the CDC. We appreciate y'all. CDC, thank you. I love you. <laughs> Wait, be yourself. Our social distancing right now, we're four feet away. Following the rules. Following the rules. So then, officials in San Antonio called in the Center of Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, mm -hmm. to be specific, and the premier medical investigation agency in the world. Mm -hmm. Dr. Gregory Istry was the epi epidemiologist, could not say that word, uh, assigned to analyze the death rates in the investigation. Mm -hmm. or in, investigate the care in the, in the care unit. Uh, Dr. Istry said, the fact that the deaths appeared to have been declining in the late 1970s and 1980, early 1981, mm -hmm. and then seemed to go up again in 1981, 82, and the fact that 
that increase was almost exclusively on the evening shift or in the evening hours made us think that there really was something unusually going on. So it's re- it was really suspicious of all the death rates that were going on. Mm-hmm. But you had the rise in the intensive care death rates coincide with the dates Janine worked there. So like she would come in, she would work her shift and people would die. Right. And you know how how they said between the like in the afternoon or evening hours? Mm-hmm. Well, Janine's worked her shifts were from 3 to 11. Fuck. Those were her shifts that she had, but there were more than 200 other individuals who passed through that uh, pediatric intensive care unit. I mean, there could have been somebody else, but you got to you got to kind of like figure out who else is during those shifts and how the deaths were happening through their shifts. Mm-hmm. So like I said, so 200 other individuals who passed through the pediatric intense care unit, doctors, nurses, aides, yeah, and ward clerks, therapists, technicians, and medical residents were all yeah. going on in there. And, oh my God, yeah, hospitals are busy. I mean, you, you can't for sure tell, but so she's the common denominator. So what Dr. Istry began with his investigation is by assigning numbers to employees. He charted with which of like the 200 individuals mm-hmm. were on duty at the time of the 30 suspicious deaths and the 50 or so unexplained medical emergencies. In the end, out of all the 200 individuals that he gave numbers to and he checked their shifts and everything else, nurse 32 had significantly high risk of deaths to patients. Let me guess. Janine. Well, when nurse when nurse 32 was working compared to when nurse 32 was not working, Dr. Istry said, and I quote, the risk of death was 10 times higher when she was working compared to when she was not working, unquote. And the identity of, of nurse 32 is Janine Jones. Fuck. Oh, so, so much. Yeah. So now we have data that shows that during like, her shifts. Like legit data. Yeah. So it gets even more crazy, though. Prosecutors found evidence that the super, uh, the supervisor in the intensive care unit strongly suspected Janine was somehow involved in these mysterious deaths. So the supervisors conducted a study focused on Janine, but decided what to do would be to eliminate the licensed vocational nurses from the staff and only staff the unit with registered nurses. Mm-hmm. RNs. Yeah. Nice. Thus getting Janine out of the picture. Oh, smart. Is it smart or no? Am I wrong? It's smart, but it's like not solving the problem. It's not, yeah. You'd literally just be like, well, we know and we have probably evidence, but you know what? Let's not cause our hospital any kind of bad reputation, We're get publicity. Oh. Let's, just, let's just have somebody else, let it be their problem. We'll just let her get out of here and just let her, saw, let her be somebody else's problem. convenient. So then when Dr. Holland, mm-hmm. going back to, back to the beginning back of this. back to Ms. Holland. So Dr. Holland was going through the process of reviewing Janine's application. Dr. Holland asked the Bear County Hospital staff if Janine would be a good choice to come to Kerrville with her. And the staff said yes. And with all this knowledge, with knowing she was basically like nurse death. Yeah. 
they said, yeah. Yeah, she's a good. Oh, she's, yeah. She has, she saves babies. She's she's a great team player. You'll love her so much. Damn it. She has no mean bone whatsoever in, in her, her body. body. Yeah. They, they basically wrote her like the glowing recommendation of her dreams and sent her off on her way to kill babies. Yeah. Not our problem no more. It's your problem now. So the, therefore, San Antonio got rid of Janine and sent her to Kerrville. How? Off our nice. hands. Now it's your turn. But okay, so now after getting all that information and figure out the past of Janine, so now prosecutors were convinced that Chelsea had been murdered by an intentional injection of succinol. I can never say this word always. I always get tongue tied. So succinylcholine. Uh, though the problem now was that they had no way to prove it. Yeah. Since of course, like we said, it's natural in the body, and it it it, it metabolizes out before. Yeah. Ugh. So, since there was no toxicology test sensitive enough to even find that if it was any succinylcholine inside the the human body, someone actually heard one of the doctors heard about a forensic scientist in Philadelphia named Dr. Frederick Readers. He was conducting research on drugs like succinylcholine. So Chelsea's autopsy samples were sent to Dr. Readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he took them to Korolinska Institution in Sweden. No, yes. I trust Sweden with everything. They took Dr. Yang on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, I went to Sweden and it's gorgeous. They're, they're just great. Yeah, so now, I love getting, Sweden. now we're getting now we're getting into like bringing <sighs> in so some good. powerful people that can I help out with. I love this. Okay, keep going. So then there's an experimental protocol permitted on Chelsea's tissues to be analyzed with the gas chromatography. So this process, what it does is it it heats and separates the various molecules in the sample, then measures the speed at which they were separated from one another, and in a scientific first, traced if succinylcholine were discovered in Chelsea's embedded tissues. So they found it. Yeah. So they found that they that there were. You lost me for a bit when you started talking science, but I got there. <laughs> yeah. So that's all it is. So they actually were able yes. to for the first time in like probably 1983, probably because this thing took about two years to like figure out all this stuff. <sighs> I mentioned her parents. Yeah, no. This, well, the, her parents and the other other uh, children's parents that had seizures and actually did lose lose their life uh, from all from all this. I, mm, this didn't make me not want to have kids. <laughs> so, and the worst part, it was all here. I know. <laughs> okay, so now Janine was then charged with the murder of Chelsea, mm-hmm. and. She obviously pleaded not guilty. Uh, obviously. So, I mean, she says that she didn't do it, I didn't, uh, but there's a bunch of evidence. So, from all the information gathered on Janine, prosecutors believe that Janine first injected Chelsea with succinylcholine in the examining room while Dr. Holland was busy with Chelsea's mother. Like I said, she was there, she was doing exams, but then I don't know where she started. Ha- Never leave your baby unattended. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I was born, my mom said my dad was like attached to me. And like, they don't have like, they didn't have like the low jacks that they have on babies now. Oh. They're like Jeep, literal fucking GPS. I visited my goddaughter in January and she had a low jack on her. Jesus. Like, you could not leave the hospital. With that baby. You couldn't leave the room with that baby <laughs> without setting off alarms. 
insane. So like my dad was right next to me as they were rolling me up anywhere. Like, don't leave your fucking kids. I'm stressed. I'm sweating. I'm. Yeah, it gets really crazy. Yeah, my armpits. I can't do this. <laughs> so then it gets even more. So, okay. okay, so like I said, first she injected her in the uh, examining room, right? When, yeah. When Dr. Holland was actually talking to her parents and, you know, getting to know them. But. So you know how Chelsea then stopped, stopped breathing. Yeah. And so they rushed to the hospital and how Dr. Holland was right behind her driving to the to the hospital, the next hospital nearby. Mm-hmm. Well, who else was in the hospital with Chelsea? Janine. Janine. So Janine was in there with her, but she injected again sexylencholine to Chelsea. Question. Did she suffer? It's a muscle relaxant. So the only thing she probably suffered from was lack of breathing. That's the worst. So that's the only thing that she would suffer is just not able to breathe. Oh, my God. Yeah. I started sweating again. (laughs) So then now that they had on her the discovery of Mm succinylcholine in Chelsea's tissues, the diluted vial with the two needle holes inside of it found in Dr. Holland's office and that Janine was alone with each of the infants at the time of their seizure. Mm-hmm. So we have all these evidence on her. So now like all roads lead to Janine. All to Janine. Like Ugh. Janine is everything. Fuck Janine. Did. She I don't trust anybody named Janine now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Your name is Janine. I'm. I apologize, but I don't fucking trust you. So one uh, one of the witnesses though that testified in the Kerrville case in Georgetown mm-hmm. said that she went up to Janine standing outside of the of Peterson Hospital, and Janine had said, and I quote. What this place needs is a pediatric intensive care unit. Obviously, she would want to be the head nurse. Of course, she would want to be. Yeah. And the other nurse said, and I quote, but Janine, we don't have any critical ill children like that out here. And Janine said, and I quote, yes, you do. You just need to go out and find them. (gasps) No. Oh, I hate her. Yeah, so she's just trying to set herself up like, positions. Like, and... I got this. You, I'll find him for you. Yeah. Oh. Uh. So then on February 16th, 1984, like I said, it took almost about two years <sighs> to actually get to get all this information, yeah. the test, and all these cases onto her. Janine Jones was found guilty of the murder of Chelsea McKellen by injection of succinylcholine and was sentenced to 99 years in prison. Fucking bitch. <laughs> Well, also, sweet justice, but also fucking. And that's one of the cases, right? That's one. Oh, oh that's yeah, one I forgot. Cases. Wait, yeah. how many babies? About about eight, eight or nine other children mm. had, you know, about the same. I mean, either they some were fatal and some weren't fatal. So. Ugh. So, but okay. So then going on. So that was the first case with Chelsea. So yeah. she, so Chelsea got. Ninety-nine years. Well, not not Chelsea, but Chelsea got justice for yeah. her death, her young death, very young death. Yeah. Um, and Janine got ninety-nine years for that. But also, in a later trial, Janine was also convicted of one count of injury to a child while working at the at the Bear County Hospital in San Antonio. Specifically, though, for injecting an infant with twenty-two thousand units of heparin. Mm-hmm. The blood thinner. Which is a near fatal dose. <sighs> Did, did that baby survivor die? Well, it was, it's saying here it's just injured. So oh. it was very close, but it's very it's near fatal. So that baby fought. Oh. That child fought. Good job, baby. I don't know your name, but good job. So, um, this is so fucking horrible. So what heparin is is going to be it's a blood thinner, right? So of course like the kids are so young, you're you're giving them you're giving them shots, you're taking blood from them making sure they're healthy, but since they have their blood being thinned, 
they can't close the wound, so they're just they gushing out fly. blood constantly and oh. start oozing. So, yeah, so that was that was the case, and she got charged for that. And for Good. the crime, Janine was sentenced to an additional 60 years in prison, making the total sentence to 159 years in prison. So, so now 159 she, years in prison. 159 years in prison. Good. Not um, just not those enough. Two cases. Not enough, but good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that she now she has that. She so, deserves to like lay in the ninth circle of hell. Yeah, Bermuda Triangle, like, whatever. Like fucking else, Hitler just, status. <laughs> like I'm, I, I will say she's like as evil as Hitler. So what her motive was through this whole. There's a motive. Of course, there's a Well, there's always, motive. A, there's always a motive to all this stuff. So, Shilda Janine began creating havoc in the intensive care unit in San Antonio because of what prosecutors believe was her contempt for some of the doctors and registered nurses who worked there. She was mad at some of the doctors and nurses. Yeah. Cause she I'm thought sorry. She, well, she thought she was better than them because she... She she thought well I I know what I'm doing here they're not paying attention so I read also in another in another like article that when she was in her shifts she would always be crying wolf all the time mm-hmm. so she would say oh this patient doesn't feel good oh they're not gonna make it through the night you need to attend them more about like like she's telling these doctors that have more studies than her because they're you know they're doctors they're registered nurses they're not. They're not vocational nurses. Yeah. Yeah. So, or vocational. Vocational. So she would always be like, oh, you don't know what you're doing and start calling them out. Like she wouldn't care about calling them out and cussing and telling them like they don't know what they're doing. This patient's going to die. And it would get very annoying because the doctors know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they obviously went to medical school and they got their license. And she license. thought she was better at that. Oh, the worst. So then going back. So then Carissa Janine was, was a licensed vocational nurse. She didn't have the education that the doctors and registered nurses had she wasn't going to go as far as they were going to go and she resented that so that was her motive for all that because she thought she she could do better and she than these people even though she didn't have the education what a, mm. so then let's revisit back to dr holland see you next tuesday <laughs> i won't say the word because my family might listen to this but what a, <laughs> see you next tuesday so now we're back to dr holland so yeah. After all this and the case is closed and she got charged for for what happened, Mm -hmm. Dr. Holland relied on the positive employment reference from Bear County Hospital provided for for Janine before hiring her, right? Uh So despite a broken marriage, numerous lawsuits, and near bankruptcy, Dr. Holland stayed in Kerrville to rebuild her practice. Good for her. Yeah. I hope... Miss Holland is still alive. Dr. Holland is still alive and she's thriving. I think she is. Well, the thing though, so she was saying is like, she didn't cause these deaths. She had no part in this. She said that so God knows that I wasn't the one that killed these children or yeah. hurt these children. And I knew that if I continue my practice, like I can get the trust back, everybody. It took her a long time because in February of 1984, after all this trials, Dr. Holland was only down to seeing four patients a week. Four a week? Four patients a week. That's not enough to have. Yeah. So, of course, you know, all that stuff happened. It took a while for her. It took her years to, to be regain the trust of the community in, well, in Kerrville, yeah. Texas, to, like, get back to it. But, I mean, she's doing a lot better now, but she's a strong woman, and yeah. she got through with it, and, you know. So, I Googled. She still has a practice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> 41 years experience. Oh, I'm so proud of her. I also she looked, just got the 
fucking bad apple, man. No, she got a really bad apple. But the thing is, the reason I think why she wanted, well, she also went towards uh, Janine was because you have parents having children, right? Especially if they're yeah. girls, right? Little girls. Mm-hmm. You want a pediatric nurse to be a female. Mm-hmm. Right. And so because of that, you have, oh, this this new female young vocational nurse coming from San Antonio, a big city mm-hmm. is going to have the latest techniques to actually take care of children and stuff like that. So yeah. it just, you know, it just like she relied that she relied on that recommendation from the Bear County. Mm-hmm. Like like hospital, like she relied on it so hard that like it kind of blinded her. Yeah. So I looked also more into how Janine was growing up. She's actually adopted. Okay. She's adopted and she had two other adopted brothers. Yeah. And only a dad figure. They didn't have a mom figure at the time, Uh but they were very happy. They had a lot of fun. The dad actually, well, so she was born in San Antonio in the north, north west side i think or the northeast side of san antonio I can't remember which one it was but those are completely opposite sides. i can't remember towns. i know i know i'm just like trying to remember it was like north something I, i'm trying i'm blanking yeah. out here she grew up above 410 and she, and she went to marshall high school oh shit so she probably grew up like around leon valley yeah okay <laughs> yeah so that's and so she went to marshall's and the librarian there at the time said that she was very a very odd teenager like she wasn't like normally acting as the other girl teenagers she was very Mm -hmm. rough and very strong-minded and and i have to remember that's a six it's like she's like in the 60s probably in high school it's like early 70s yeah or it's a different time no it's actually no when she was in high school because this is all in the 80s right 19 oh yeah so it was probably 60s yeah you're right yeah 20 i have to think it's a different time yeah because she was 33 so probably late 60s early 70s maybe yeah she was 33 years old so 20 so she was you know roughly around there (sighs) different time okay out of the two adopted brothers she had one died from cancer oh the other one died from (laughs) making a bomb no yeah he just was like i'm a pipe bomb this bitch and i don't died. know what kind of bomb but it just said on there that he, he died from making a bomb and then her her adopted father died from just cancer also <sighs> that's heartbreaking so she was on her own and she yeah that's hard enough as it is like just losing somebody you love but like three oh yeah. i feel bad for her but also fuck her <laughs> yeah, so that's a, the, her backstory and what she gone through and what she studied for and how her how she acted in, in the Bear County Hospital. Like she 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 thought she was better than everybody else. She thought she knew what she was doing. Yeah, she always cried wolf. But that's where the legend comes from. Yeah, from Janine Jones. <sighs> Fucking nurse of death. I hate her. I'm actively sweating, by the way. <laughs> like. I've heard this story before, like on my favorite murder, and it's the Mustang again. And we're ending the uh, podcast on. Oh, I hate that Mustang. I honestly think that's somebody's boyfriend that just like comes and goes. Or girlfriend. Or girlfriend. Someone's partner. Someone's partner. Because they don't ever stay in one spot for long. Or they just know we're doing something here, uh-huh. and they're just like, you know, I'm gonna roll right across your neighborhood. I'm just gonna room down your street, loud as shit. <laughs> I hate that Mustang. No, but, like, I've heard this story before, but I haven't, like, heard it in depth. Like, I didn't... Also, by the way, when they did it on My Favorite Murder, they kept saying Bexar County. Oh. And it drove me absolutely bonkers. I was like... Yeah, so people that are not from Texas, 
It's spelled B-E-X-A-R. It's Pe- spelled Bexar. It's spelled Bexar, but it's actually bear. Bear. The X is silent. <laughs> the X is silent, just because we Texans do whatever we want. Yeah. It, I, it, I think, I don't know if it's a German word, but that's why. It could probably it, be. I honestly don't know. But I think the entire time I was listening to her tell her story, it was it was making me angry because she kept saying Bexar. And I was like, no, it's bear. <laughs> Get it right. Or like when M did um, the Manger Hotel, mm. she kept mispronouncing it. Everybody does usually when they come through here. We have some weird names in Texas, I or know. some like town names or county it's names. Fine. Uh, was it uh, Wakahachi? Wakahachi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you read it, you're just like Waka what? Waxahachi. Waxahachi. Like I've literally had someone yell at me and say it's not how you pronounce it. I'm like, or Buda. Oh, Buda. It's not. It's not Buddha. It's Buda. Mm. Everyone, don't come to Texas. <laughs> we're capped. We're capped off. But yeah. Yeah. God damn, that was depressing. Yeah, like I said, this is gonna get really dark, really sad, and really quick. Hey, what yours was? You go hard. <laughs> first episode. Yeah. And, we'll see what. And the she next was one. up for parole too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So the update on that was a law that they had for inmates that were on good terms mm-hmm. to be at parole. But her, I can't remember what it was, but it was something like that. But they actually got rid of that. And so she was almost going to be out. And they actually brought back the on the news talking about it in 2006 or 2008. No, this was like last year. No, no, no. But that was the first time. They, 2008, 2006, I think, I think they, I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I think it was in 2017. Oh, they thought she had Munchausen syndrome. Yeah, apparently she tried to be let out again but all the parents and everything decided they were going to like fight it she technically has been eligible for parole since 1989 but has repeatedly been denied she was under the good time law when she was sentenced so it knocks time off for good behavior and was designed to ease prison overcrowding yeah fuck her <laughs> well damn yeah great start to the first episode of our podcast oh god and then wait for our next episodes and see how dark we can get on this. I feel like every episode I'm just going to keep sweating. <laughs> I, am, like, I mean, gradually... if we're going to be under this tent that we created a, okay, fort, a fort. We got to figure this out. But damn, dude. Good episode. Well, there you go. Follow us on our social media. Oh, yes. Okay. So we have some social media. Um, so here's the thing. We are open to hearing your stories. If you have stories, anything to deal with, like paranormal, true crime, um, similar to like my favorite murder, they have the hometown murders. If you have anything, honestly, send us whatever you want us to talk about. We'll probably talk about it. We're going to try and do like one listener episode a month. Um, and it's a special episode where we just go through and we talk to you. We talk about your stories and we discuss them so we don't have to work too hard and do research, which I think is Brian's favorite part because yeah. he doesn't have to do the research. I just get the information. I just read it and <laughs> put it in my own little spice into it. Yeah. We'll just have to log into the Gmail and be like, oh, we'll read this. Even you can send in like recommendations of like stories you want to hear and we will gladly listen to it. We have a Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our Gmail. Sorry, Gmail is in the dead of night podcast at gmail.com. Um, our Facebook is just in the dead of night. You can like it. My mom is the only like so far. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> I need to get my phone for this one. Oh, you need to get the Twitter? Uh, yes. The Twitter? So we have a Twitter. I live on Twitter. I'm also the moderator for the Twitter. So I have all the socials on my phone. 
She has the power. I have the power. Um, so our podcast is I-T-D-O-N, so it don pod, P-O-D, on Twitter, it don pod. It don pod. It don pod. Um, so <laughs> I-T-D-O-N-P-O-D, pod. And then on Instagram, we are in the dead of night pod. We already have a little logo, so if you see some off tan orange letters that read out in the dead of night, that's us. We're reachable through those. And then do you want to plug your personal social media or no? Uh, we'll, we'll put, as we progress through, I'll probably release it then. Well, I'm Rebecca Michelle with three E's. So if you want to bug me, you can. <laughs> and I'm Blah Becca on Twitter. Blah Becca. Blah Becca. So I, I'm pretty much always on my phone. So I'm guaranteed to be the one emailing you I mean, back or talking back. I mean, back. my social media is on LinkedIn to the account, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> We're the only on ones that are it's following. It's probably going to be what, like Nova 1092. Yeah. Nova 1092. Yeah. For my Twitter. Old man. Or actually my Instagram. Is it? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram's like that. Nova you got to figure that out. I'll probably be changing it to something else for now. Nova 1092. Yeah. That's yeah. your Instagram. Yeah. But we're going to be trying to release a little more po- uh, episodes only once a week. Yeah. I guess um, we're doing this though. We're actually going to try to keep doing this. So, I mean, we can try every Wednesday to post or... Yeah, we're never trying to build up the when when we'll be posting them yeah. and what best works best for our schedule. But we'll try to release one one episode a week. Yeah. And and maybe, then... maybe we'll probably include, like, shout-outs or questions that uh, the audience has. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, any questions or any concerns, feelings you have? Or you just be part of the podcast. Let us know. Oh yeah, if you if you want, come join us. You're in San Antonio. You want to come hang out in my room in a tent. Nice little fort tent. In a comforter tent. <laughs> um, totally do that, and we'll say what's up. Yeah, but social distancing. We're supposed to social distance right now. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. This has been Bryant and Becca on on in the Dead of Night podcast. What? Woo! Um, we don't have any cool catch phrases at the end of it, so um. If we'll you got one, that. let us know. Or if you want to also, if you're a music producer, if you can oh, actually, help. if you can help us make. We straight up need help. Oh, I need to shout out somebody real quick. Go ahead. Um, I want to thank my cousin, Andrew, um, Ban Andrew on Instagram and I think on Twitter as well. He came up with our super sick logo and all of our branding. So he went hard when he didn't have to. So <laughs> thanks, cuz. I appreciate it. I love you. You're the best. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need help also with getting graphics and stuff like that, go He's through dope. him. He's dope. Yeah. Go through him. But then also, like I said, we need help with yeah. the music. Any intros or entros or anything like that? Entros? Any tros? <laughs> entrees? Any entrees, 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 entrees. Yeah. If you have any, if you, if you can help us, we'll pay you. We need help. Help us. Help. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you listening. Uh, Subscribe to us on um, Apple and on hopefully if we have it up on Spotify by now. Spotify too. Spotify, Anchor, anywhere else that we're going to go on podcast with. But yeah, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. You guys rock. And we out. Bye.